Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. The BHP podcast is proudly presented by Vanguard Outdoors. Learn more at vanguardworld.us. All right, welcome to the Bow Hunter Planet podcast. Um, Want to say hello to everybody. Myself, Tim Mazarana, is here along with Lauren Chad Rabidou and Brian Bauer. And uh, hello to all of our Facebook friends out there that we're, uh, that we're live with right now. If you get a chance, go ahead and uh, you know, share this post so we can get as many people on as possible. But we're excited today because joining us on the phone today is Allie Vestal Laborde. Did I say that right? You sure did. Good Very job. Good. Awesome, Allie. <laughs> it's nice. Question number one of the test. Awesome. So you you are an Olympic archer. And I am. That is very awesome. And the first thing I want to I want to kind of kind of ask you is, I, I wanted to I wanted to start off because what we really like to focus on is we love women in in, in hunting. We love women archers. Yeah. Um, we do. We try to do a whole series on that. And really, what we try to try to get into is how did you get started? Kind of what was your influence getting into it? What kind of drove you to this direction? Like, yeah. Give us give us some background. Okay, so this always starts with the 1980s animated Fox Robin Hood Disney cartoon. Love it. <laughs> I think everybody, like, that's, that was my favorite movie growing up. I loved it. But my family, even though we were kind of outdoorsy, no one really hunted or had a gun or did archery. So it kind of was just always a fun, oh, that looks like fun, and nothing ever came of it. Well, I, I went through college, did grad school, got out of grad school, and I had free time and some money and kind of was like, you know what? Let's go do that archery thing. Nice. So I, I went to a shop and bought a bow, just a nice stick and string, and went out to a field that has some hay bales in town and just kind of taught myself. And that was five years ago now. No way. And, oh. uh, and then so two years after that, we kind of said, you know what, let's get serious. Let's throw some stuff on this because I was just shooting bare bow. So we threw the stabilizers on the site and uh, took it out to 70 meters. And I've been doing Olympic recurve for this will be my fourth year. No. So I've, I've loved it. So you but, are you are nationally ranked. I am. Right. And so what what is that? What does that process involve? Like, how, oh, how does that nuts. whole process work? It's nuts. It's a whole lot of fun, but it's there's math involved and a spreadsheet. It's crazy. So <laughs> that sounds uh, really intense. Yeah. intense. There's math. There's math. It's crazy. You don't just have to shoot arrows. You got to do your math. So USA Archery has an. And this is for outdoor. They don't necessarily do this for indoor, but for okay. outdoor, there's what they call the USA Archery Team. USAT is what we all kind of call it because that's a lot of words. Series. There's outdoor nationals, and there's four additional shoots throughout the country. There's always one at the Olympic Training Center in California. There's always one at Easton site in Florida. There's always one in Texas because half the cup, you know, half the archers I think live in Texas. And then there's kind of uh, a floating one. So there's been Ohio, Illinois, and you have to shoot at four out of the five. And based on your average arrow score and your rank in those tournaments, it goes into the scary math equation and it pops out some like qualitative score for each shoot. Then they throw that all together and then that's how they rank you based on your numbers for the year. So it's been 
it's been crazy. <laughs> I was trying yeah. to follow you. <laughs> yes. well, there's, there's math. a math equation. Yeah. There's, there's tournaments you have to shoot in, and there's math. And they, I, I believe the math. Is this the first time, um, first time that you were, are ranked? I've been ranked for three years now, and it's kind oh, of wow. just a fluctuating. I was 12th last year. And then it's funny, some of the, some, I'm a senior woman. I'm what they, you know, seniors, the adults. So we had some juniors move up this year. And there was those silly kids in their free time and parents' wallets. <laughs> no some jobs, of them kind of, no uh, kids. I know, no, no kids, no jobs. A couple of them <laughs> moved up to adults this year. And I think I'm, I think I'm 19 or 20, 18, 20 something. It, it's the off season right now. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so how does the, how does the Olympic selection work? Oh, goodness. So I did that two years ago. That was in Texas uh, in 2015 before uh, 2016, of course. So basically you have one shoot in Texas this year. It was in Texas. It coincided with um, one of the USAT events. So you sign up and say, hey, you know, I'm going to shoot this tournament, but I also want to be in contention for the trials. They call it the Olympic trials. So you shoot this tournament. And from that tournament, they took the top eight men and top eight women for a recurve since, you know, it's just recurve in the Olympics. And those folks went on to shoot uh, after after you qualified as top eight. Those people had to go on and shoot a couple more tournaments. And it narrowed down to uh, our three or four men and our one woman that we sent to Rio. So it was it was a lot of fun, though. A lot of folks came out that wouldn't come out to a lot of the other places <laughs> they only came out for the trials so that was kind of fun it was a big tournament that's cool so are you guys only do you only shoot in like the summer olympics or you guys do the winter olympics too? it's it's just well we just do summer olympics um i know there's some kind of crazy event like some of the alpine skiing shooting events i was events. gonna say that yeah, yeah. that I, looks and awesome I, I think i would love to do that louisiana is not the best climate to train for that <laughs> roar blades but i mean i don't know if you can do swamp skiing <laughs> but uh i don't know i have to look for that i don't know if we have that because i think that'd be fun i mean i'll go i'll get it, i'll grab a gun and some skis and go try out for that sport because that sounds like fun yeah that's <laughs> so. cool very cool. So we we were I was checking out your Facebook page and been following yeah. you for for a while. We actually we really wanted to have you on. Um, really, obviously, you're you're nationally ranked, great archer, um, <laughs> but your your profile it, it struck me and I, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to read it for everybody because I don't know if they're looking at it right now, but it's okay. nationally ranked U.S. recurve archer, Hufflepuff biochemist, nature loving oh, yeah. nerd dork in Louisiana. <laughs> I mean that does that that that, that has to just pretty much sum you up, right? <laughs> that sums me up. If, so, if, and if you appreciate any of those things, we're going to be good friends. <laughs> that is pretty. <laughs> although I, I, the, the Hufflepuff bi- biochemist is, I think, the, one of the most intriguing. Guys ever, so. um, but I, I, I will give a plug to your face for, to your Instagram real quick yeah. because um, it's, I mean the, the pictures that you post. I mean you got some. Yeah, I don't know if you do the photos yourself or not. I but do. This stuff I take is pretty quality. I basically mm-hmm. take unless I've credited USA Archery which there's, it's kind of few and far between that, but basically every picture I've taken myself awesome. Very which awesome. can be, which is for safety reasons half the time. Cause I'm not going to point my bow with arrow at somebody because some of those would be yeah. sketchy. Yeah. No, we, yeah we get those comments all the time <laughs> where we'll have a camera facing the shooter and like, that is yeah, so unsafe so to do. Well, what you don't realize is there's nobody behind the camera. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I use my tripod and a, and a timer and you sit there and you hold the shot. Yep. Yeah. I've seen some yeah. other people posting those pictures and I'm like, 
did you i really hope you used a tripod <laughs> i feel like we need a warning note these days like please don't have someone yeah. take this picture now you've been but, you, so you're in louisiana but you i mean you some of these pictures like you got some mountains in the background some snow oh, yeah. in the background so you do a little bit I, of travel yeah. i'm i'm from north carolina and i'm obsessed with like i'm from the foothills so i need some elevation change every once in a while so we try and get back to North Carolina whenever I can. But then we also, I've got this goal to go to every national park. So cool. every year we try and go to at least one or two national parks. So there's, there's some mountains there that I can appreciate. So Wow, that's cool. What's your favorite national park so far that you've been to? Ooh, uh, big, we went to Big Bend last year, Bend. which was just kind of a really, no, it's the least visited park, I think. Or at least in the continental U.S. I'm, I, I have to. I'm googling it right now <laughs> like, because I don't. That. I don't really. I've heard of it. Like I, I, I know the name, but yeah. I couldn't tell you it's, where it's at. It's in the very bottom uh, left-hand corner of Texas, and even being the next state over, you know, in Louisiana, we still drove like 12 hours Ooh. across Texas to get to this place. It was. It that was, and that's that's tough in itself, right? Yeah. Now, do you <laughs> have a list? Part, do you have a list of how many national parks there are? Yeah, I've got a, I've, I'm a dork. I have a map that has like a little open circle at every national park, and I fill it in as we go. Put a little star on it. How many are there? How many are there? You do that coin thing, don't you? Where you have the little book and you collect the coins from all the, all the parks. No, but don't what I do is um, I, have, I, I get a I postcard from each park, and I put, uh, we've got a wall in the house where right. I've got a postcard and a sticker. Awesome. But we, we went to Big Bend in the summer where temperatures reached like 120 degrees, right? Wow. And my Jeep's air conditioning broke down oh, no. on the way. So yeah. we got jugs of water and we didn't die. Was so it a soft top? <laughs> no, it's a Liberty. No. It's worse. Oh, it killer. So we survived, but I wouldn't recommend that. Go so in the winter. What, what, why Big Bend as your favorite? Uh, it's, it's, you go there and there's literally, so it's huge. And no one goes. It's in the middle of absolutely nowhere. It borders Mexico. Um, we went on like a you know a weekend where people would maybe be out traveling. We saw two other people the entire weekend at a wow. national. Park, Very cool. Which is and one of them was like a ranger at the station who's just doing their job and doesn't have a choice, has to be there. <laughs> so if you want to go and feel like the only people on earth. I recommend Big Ben. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Did you great. camp there then? We stayed in a little like bungalow um, without AC, but the windows were fine. But there was nothing for miles. So I went out and there's so the stars are great too. That was the thing. You can go see stars and just without any kind of special thing. Very cool. cool. So yeah, I, we I went and got like a drink. Yeah, I got I got on top of my Jeep with like a drink and just like laid back and watched the stars, which was <laughs> that was that was a pretty sweet. So I recommend that. It's a pain to get to. There's like no, no airports. You have to go to like Austin and then drive six hours, I think. But I think it was worth it. So the um back to back to a little bit of the archery. So you do you do do you shoot a lot of tournaments throughout the year then? What does that schedule kinda look like? So I have last year I did Vegas Indoor Nationals, a few local indoor tournaments, all the USAD events. Oh, goodness. And I think that came out to, like, 10 tournaments. And it involves flying to half of those. Luckily, Texas has a lot of shoots. So I can really make the most of living next to Texas and go to maybe three there. 
every year, but I mean, I'm flying to North Carolina, Florida. It's a lot. <laughs> I'm tired at the end of it. It's, and I've got friends that kind of look at the, the schedule every year and kind of go, really? How much do I like this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I like this anymore because it's, it's a lot of weekends. Yeah, definitely a commitment. And especially I'm the only, uh, the only uh, Olympic recurve person in Louisiana. Wow. So, you know, if you're in Texas, you've got you've got a lot of local shoots that you can do throughout the year and kind of stay stay with it, stay in the sport, compete. Maybe not nationally, but, you know, locally is pretty good. But Louisiana, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I, I could hold a championship and come out, like, make my own trophy <laughs> and, and, you know, award myself queen of Louisiana, I think. But that doesn't sound like fun. So out of the, um, the Olympic – archers what what country would you say would be the top one or two um, oh uh like who's really Asia? good at basically USA, any USA. <laughs> korea well, right isn't korea supposed to be pretty they've good? got a ton over there i mean like uh south korea just they are nuts you look at if you look at their national team every year i think it's a new national team almost every year because the competition is so fierce at that level i mean it's just incredible Wow. Um, and you just, can't... So just in terms of like a country having a really great program, they've got something nuts going on. So samurais. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I think I think we've got the best archers, but they've got some kind of magic training program that just churns them out in terms of like how many top archers they could just field if they wanted to. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. oh. And that's um, that type of archery is just all with no releases, right? You have to use just right. Your... It's all it's all on your fingers. All on your fingers. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's and no peep hardcore. sight, no peep sight, no let off, all in your fingers. No let off, Thanks. wow. 10 centimeters, <laughs> 70 meters away. So, so how many pounds is your ball set at? Mine right now is, uh, I think I'm at 38 on my fingers, wow. which is plenty, which is plenty enough. I mean, mm -hmm. it, the only thing right now that would make me want to go up a little bit more is uh, occasionally if it's really windy at a tournament, I mean, you still shoot. They're not falling it off for wind. Mm-hmm. So a little bit more weight would be beneficial because we had a tournament. I think it was California last year. It was so, or maybe the trials, but it was so windy. I had to aim center, two targets to my left. What? Wow. And, I, and I would hit my target. <laughs> that is crazy. We had people that weren't even shooting their arrows because they were sitting there doing cost-benefit analysis. Like, my arrow is going to break if I shoot it. Why am I going to bother for a zero and yeah, break an arrow? Right. It was crazy. So, and then, but we actually had that. That was kind of a testament to how good some of these archers are. Um, Katuna Lorg was there, who's who's weeks into the Olympics, like six times, I think. She's fabulous. She was sitting there, still hitting yellow. I'm just wow. like, are wow. you a robot? That's incredible. <laughs> so. That's crazy. I always find recurve. I mean, recurve. We have a lot of respect for recurve shooters because yeah. it is yeah. it is so hard, so and especially. Tougher. I mean, you're not using a peep, or you're not mm -mm. using any 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 really sort of specialized equipment that you would see on a compound yeah. or anything like that. And so. I'm holding all that weight on my fingers, and for like someone my size, that can. I get tired. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I see these guys holding their compound bows, you know, steady for like a full minute. Well, and how many <laughs> and shots like, do you I think in never... a, how many shots in a tournament do you think you take that you have to hold that back that many times? Well, oh. so we shoot 72 arrows for a round, and then you'll have maybe two or three practice ends. Wow. So maybe 80, 90 arrows wow. in a session oh. for that. Wow. 
Yeah, that can um, get a little tiring. <laughs> well, you know, I get tired and doing especially, that in my, my <laughs> oh, right. Yes, and then especially like outdoor nationals, you've got unofficial practice day, and then you have official practice day, and then you shoot two different days in a row. You shoot, you know, Friday and Saturday, and then you have their rounds, like the round robin-ish on Sunday. So you're shooting like five days in a row. So it's just... You're, you got you got to keep up your strength training. Your back so and shoulders must be ripped. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny. I've com- I did a P90X like years ago. That whole like crazy workout program that's supposed Horton to make you like <laughs> jacked or whatever. I did that, and I have a picture of myself after I did that, where I was like, "Wow, look at this muscle mass I've like gained from doing this." And I then I'll I compare it to what I got what I've got now, and it's just it's not even a joke. I mean it's. Like I should have done archery a lot longer. <laughs> like if I wanted, if I wanted upper body strength, archery is the way to go. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. So do you, do you do any specialized training to to keep that going, or I just I just shoot the bow. Yeah. P ninety X man. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, right? I don't want to knock P ninety X, but if you want upper body strength, do archery. <laughs> Me and Laura have done it. Oh yeah. Or halfway through at least. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I really enjoyed it, but for upper upper body strength, I mean archery just. It can't. I can't compare. Especially, well, like you're saying, the recurve too. Like, I mean, compound bows, yeah. we can shoot all day long, almost. Yeah. <laughs> you got that let off. Yeah. So do you shoot other bell. styles, or is it? Or do you, I, do you I stick with just recurve? Just do. I just do Olympic recurve. I kind of. I toyed with the idea of uh, getting a bow fishing rig because you know we've got so many. We've yeah. got a lake. Oh, yeah. You know, it'd be fabulous. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. probably will. I'll probably eventually grab one, but. I don't know. I know. I there's a lot of people that shoot yeah. recurve on, on yeah. bow fishing. Though. It's the same thing. Because you're yeah, you're not, quick yeah. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not. I hadn't even. Yeah, you're not. I've only ever seen. Uh, I've only ever seen the compound. That'd be. That'd be interesting. I should look up to that. Yeah. Because no. I've got a couple like spare bows sitting around. I could. I could rig up. Yeah. Well, on the bow fishing ones, your draw cycle is really, really yeah. short. I mean, you're you're not yeah. you're not shooting a real compound because your your draw cycle is so long that you right. you got you're gonna hit that. You, you're you're usually just pulling it back and firing it off. I mean, it's pretty sure. cool though. We've done it a couple. I'd times love to try it. So I'm trying to think of what we used though. We used because they do make bow fishing um, compound bows, bows, but it's mm-hmm. yeah. See, and that's what I've seen at like my local hunting store, like yeah. just a whole rig like set up for bow fishing. Yep. And I keep looking at it, going, ah, oh, I want to get that, <laughs> but yeah. I also need arrows. <laughs> so right. Yeah, very cool. So tell us a little bit more about your equipment. Like it's it's pretty specialized for what it does, but give us a like are there and I don't know much about like the target shooting recurve. So mm-hmm. brands out there, I don't know if you're sponsored by anybody, but oh, the I'm sites, not, the rest, all that kind of stuff. So I use a I use a wind archery setup out of Korea and I really love their stuff. Um I had a Hoyt before, nothing against Hoyt. I just for whatever reason you know, sometimes it comes down to color of the riser. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I really like the gray <laughs> and the limbs came out. And I, you know, it shoots really well. And then, you know, I've got a Shibuya sight. Love it. And then uh, got ramrod stabilizers. Nothing too crazy. And then what I love, you, you shoot with all this stupidly expensive equipment, right? I mean, I don't want to talk about how much money is sitting in that right. bow case. <laughs> but then I think half of us use a $2 stick on arrow rest which just cracks me up if you look at people's bows. Like, people at the Olympics are sitting... And I've seen an article that someone wrote about this, that people have these, you know, $3,000 arrow, you know, bow rigs, and then a 99-cent arrow rest hmm. stick on. That's right. Which, it works! I mean, I, I I had an expensive one, and then one tournament, my friend was like, no, this is not working. 
and she rips it off and puts on the sticky one is and it, it's been great ever since is it just like the like when you'd buy a bow when you're little and it's just that little like oh, rubber yeah. flap that you just it's that stupid on? little tiny arrow yeah. like uh arrow rasp yeah, rubber flap it. 99 cents <laughs> but if you go to these big tournaments people are shooting with it because <laughs> yeah, it works, it works. <laughs> so i've got like the expensive one in my bag just in case this one ever breaks on me but this one's worked better than that expensive one ever did. <laughs> so, That's less cool. moving pieces. So I, I got to uh, I got to ask a question here. Uh huh. You so your Instagram handle? Yes. Baked fish. Uh huh. You got it. You got to give us the, the scoop elaborate on that. On that. Yeah. So it's the stupidest thing, but I don't like the internet. Kind of became big. Like I'm I'm 32. Internet kind of became like everyone had their AIM uh, instant messenger handle. Like in middle school, high school, that was the thing, right? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the kids do these days. I think it's Snapchat or something. <laughs> but in my day, it was like AIM instant messenger. And you all had your cool screen names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm this, you know, adorable middle schooler. And I really like Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And I still really like Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Like if someone would walk up to me with a pint at a tournament, I'll sit down and eat it. <laughs> but my favorite, Your my favorite, no, I will, I will sit there and eat the whole pint. But my favorite flavors were uh, half baked, which is the cookie dough flavor, because yep. who doesn't love cookie dough ice cream? And then fish food, and fish food is the um, chocolate little it. fish, oh. marshmallow yeah. cream, chocolate, like kind of s'moresy. And I was like. What about if I just combine my ice cream flavors and call it baked fish? That's cool. And it's stuck with me for like 20 years now. And people Hmm. think it's like a drugs reference. I've gotten that before. (laughs) People think it's like a recipe. I'm like, no, I just really like ice cream. <laughs> really like baked fish. I can't help it. <laughs> That's right. I thought you were just like baked fish. <laughs> like, if you Google my name, you're just going to get recipes of like baked fish recipes. So. That's pretty cool. But that has been cool. my name on like every internet site. For the last twenty years, That's and it's because of ice cream. <laughs> Perfect. So what? Uh, what? What do you got going coming up here in two thousand eighteen? Like, where's the where's the next tournaments at? You know, what, what oh, are you I've looking got, forward to? So I've got, so the next tournament's next weekend. Um, I'm showing up to Texas's state indoor championships as a guest, uh, just to kind of keep getting the cobwebs off for uh, outdoor season. So I'll have uh, Texas's state indoor next weekend, and then beginning of March, I think I have to wait a whole month to do indoor nationals, which is crazy because I think people are already shooting indoor nationals. Like, you know, they have it in multiple locations across the country for USA Archery, and it's spread out, like, over a month, I guess, this year. So beginning of March will be indoor nationals, and then usually starting in April is when the the USA Archery Team Series starts up again. So that'll be all over again, Arizona, Florida, Texas, California. Cool. And I forget where Nationals is, but ever it's, go to a, Michigan? it's a full. You guys ever shooting in Michigan? <sighs> I haven't yet. So missing out, missing out. I heard, I heard <laughs> uh, there was a rumor that they were splitting up, and I think they might be doing this, splitting up the adults and kids for uh, Nationals. So I'm not sure. I have My to see if that's okay. happening. So because it's such a big event, it's it's nuts. How many people yeah. they got to put on the line? So when, once you're, I mean, when you're nationally ranked or you, you get to your level, I mean, is there, mm-hmm. is there coaching that's involved or is it, is it still kind of like on your own and you kind of, well, I mean, it kind of depends. It depends on really, I think where you are in the country, who you're around. Cause I've got friends, um, 
like I said, Texas is a big hub. Florida is a big hub. North Carolina's got a lot of great folks. And then, of course, California run the training center. And so there's a lot of great coaches around the country. But if you're somewhere like I am in Louisiana and you really don't have that kind of high-level person that happens to be in your state, you don't necessarily, you know, have access to that kind of high-level coaching. So, I, you know, I shoot by myself, but then I kind of do the best I can. I've got friends who are fabulous archers who kind of will look at me at tournaments and say, hey, work on this, you know, and then I've got um, some uh, coaches who will kind of take a look at me and say, hey, work on this. So a lot of folks that are this level do have a personal coach. They maybe do video training with them, but they do a lot of training. And, but I think you can really get to this level by YouTube videos, <laughs> making the most of what you've got. Um, practice. And just kind of getting to, just lots of arrows. How, how much practice do you typically do? Oh, do I actually do or do I really want to do? Because that's a very yeah. different question. <laughs> I try um, Saturdays and Sundays. I'm pretty much guaranteed an afternoon to put in as many arrows as I can. And uh, during the summer when it's light outside, uh, I can get a lot more shooting in in the evenings. When you uh, say 70 it... meters, though, it's, it's tough because I've got 18 meters in my backyard. I can shoot all year round. How long do but... you shoot for, like, a day? Because I, I just heard that you, after, you know, oh, Sorry, 20, you're breaking th up. How many do I shoot for, like, a day? Yeah, how long do you spend shooting a day? Because normally after, like, 20, 30 minutes, I'm like, oh, man, I'm getting really unaccurate. <laughs> I think I lost you. Oh, oh there you are. Can you hear us oh, now? Yep, I got you. So, the, yeah, sorry. So, so the question is, yeah, how many how yeah. many arrows do you do you shoot in a day before? Like, because a lot of times, like when we're shooting around here, mm -hmm. like you shoot so many, you start to become inaccurate. Oh, um, yeah. As opposed to it really helping. Right. So for indoor season, um, I try and shoot maybe fifteen ends of three arrows. So I'm not I'm not trying to sit, go out there and just you know fling arrows till my arms fall off. Because yeah, like you said, that's not gonna. That's going to start hurting rather than helping, especially when the bow is like a third your weight. So I try and shoot if I can. Um, I'll do like a practice 300 in or something like that. For outdoor season where you shoot 72 arrows, I definitely try and get in my 72 arrows with the practice beforehand, maybe, maybe 15 arrows. Um, but especially with that, you're having to walk that 70 meters to go get <laughs> your arrows and back. That's a lot of time spent <laughs> just mm -hmm. walking. But um, I think if I had my, if I lived somewhere where I could just shoot 70 meters every day, that would, that would be a big difference. Cause right now I have to drive to New Orleans to shoot 70 meters cause Baton Rouge kind of closed down my archery range where I could shoot 70 meters. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I have to try and make the most of it when I get down there. So sometimes I might try and squeeze in like a double 72 and do like a maybe 150 arrows if I can. But say, it just takes too much time. And down there I'm, fight, I'm uh, shooting with a Joad group. And so the kids really need to take priority for, you know, their practice. And I try not to. Try not to mess up the kids too much. Now, is that so. 70 meters? Is that for a competition that's the normal distance? Mm -hmm. If you shoot Olympic <clears throat> recurve for outdoors, you're shooting 70 meters regardless of country or tournament. And um, that's 70 meters be... is 76 yards. Holy wow. Crap. Yes. I was trying to do the math. I'm like, I'm like oh, I just Googled it. <laughs> what is that, <laughs> yeah, those are like what is that shots American? for me? <laughs> oh, my God. So it's, 
it's really far. And yeah. I think people yeah. don't, I, you know, I've tried to take pictures that show the distance and it, it's really hard to show. We've gotten a drone out there before just to kind of do an overhead of how far away that target is for me. Well, with and the wind think, too, like you said. Oh, wow. And the yellow is only, you know, 10 centimeters. That's not big. Wow. That's so, amazing. Not at all. But I mean, we, you know, if you can shoot it, you really can. And I, I think like that's... 20 yards, but <laughs> this kid, that's my favorite oh distance. My yeah. Average is about yeah. 40. <laughs> yeah. like, and I don't have a peep sight and right. I don't right. have let off. Yeah, that's amazing. So how, long, that so how impressive. many shots before you're, I mean, well, you got your practice shots, I guess. But, yeah. Um, so when you're, when you're actually stepping up to the plate, you, you probably pretty much have it pinned down. But in, in practice, mm -hmm. how many shots does it take you to really get dialed in? Well, so especially like so for a tournament, they give you like two practice ends, and really, after that first end, you you know you know how you need to adjust for the wind, you know, and it's really all about the wind because that seventy meters is seventy meters regardless of where you are in the country. You know, it's not some deer that's doing something funny. It's that circle is that circle, regardless of the state, and it mm -hmm. comes down to how's the wind that day, mm -hmm. and usually you're going to be on the target. And it just takes maybe those two ends, usually wind, just those you know, six arrows to kind of figure out back to middle. Because wind could um, change too during the tournament, right? Oh yeah. I mean, and could... the biggest, the biggest challenge I think new archers have is that someone was like someone, and someone had to like sit me down and tell me this one time after a tournament. But once you've got you know your goal, you know once you've got your your sight set, if that wind changes, aim off. Don't fight your sight the entire day, and that oh, was I think yeah. the best. That was the best. Don't adjust it, right? Just yeah. aim don't, higher. Don't keep chasing. Don't mess your sight every single arrow because it's just going to keep changing. Aim oh, off no. and adjust with that. Just keep aiming off. You know, maybe you need to aim at the nine o'clock red. Mm -hmm. And I think having and I think accepting that and learning how to aim off is one of the biggest. I think for me at least, one of the biggest challenges. But then if you can do it successfully. Uh, like I said, that tournament I had in California that was so windy, I aimed off, and it, it the wind didn't bother me so much. And I, it was a huge testament. They're like, all right, they were those girls knew what they were talking about when they said, don't adjust your sight. This yeah. is why. Because mm -hmm. suddenly the wind might stop, cool. and your sight is somewhere crazy if you've been messing with it. So we have a question from one of our Facebook um, yeah. followers that, that's watching this right now, and they're asking a question about your eating habits before going into a competition. Oh, gosh. They, they wanted to know if there's, like, any special thing that you do, like eating a banana, um, any cream. type of food to keep you going <laughs> and, and to keep you from, like, that shakiness or to help with mental focus. Yeah. Well, I'm a horrible example. I get the worst, like, debilitating migraines if I don't have a cup of coffee in the morning. So That's for called me, addiction, by the way. That it is. It's bad. It's a legitimate, it's a legitimate problem. It's, I've, I've come to accept it. I've started to accept it. It's first stuff. It's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> I've accepted this, and I'm going to admit it. I need help. But So I drink my coffee. But for the more uh, athletic, athletic breakfast, you know, usually we're staying at hotels for these things, and they've yeah. all got those breakfasts downstairs. And I try and make sure I've, I got a banana. I'm eating, like, a bagel with peanut butter. And usually we've rated, um, usually before the tournament, like on that practice day, I'll go find the closest like grocery store and I pick up a bag, you know, a giant bag of trail mix, Cheez-Its, um, any kind of carb protein snack food. And I, I bring like six different snack foods with me to the field 
and I, I feed people. You know, like here, eat a cheese that you look hungry. <laughs> so I make sure I've got snacks because you really, you know, when you've got uh, you've got two lines that are shooting, so you've got five or six minutes of downtime each end, and I try and make sure that I go and nibble something, drink and water too. You gotta hydrate. So I try and make sure every end, you know, you're nibbling something because I've had some tournaments um, where my blood sugar just plummeted. And I'm sitting there, and I think there was one, it wasn't a USA Archery tournament, but it was a little small Texas tournament I went to for fun, and I did not eat well enough. And I had an end where I shot four arrows, because I just, I didn't feel safe shooting two more arrows. I, like, I was shaking too much. So that was kind of a, that was a big wake-off call for me, for like, eat, eat the bagel, <laughs> eat more food, have more snacks, because, you, you know, you're using a lot of energy to to shoot all those and if you're not paying attention to it it can hit you real fast yeah mm-hmm. so are there any sort of like weird habits that you have like do you have to like scratch your nose before you draw your arrow back or like any <laughs> to stay like in the zone and consistent i when i first started i was shooting um my coach would tell me i was shooting the arrows too fast you know i had too much time left on my clock when i was done and maybe some tournaments if the wind's funny and you've got to like get those arrows off when it's not windy mm-hmm. that's okay but if it's a perfectly fine day, you need to take your time, set up your shot, you know, get into it. So for a while, and I don't do this currently, but for a while, he would have me sing the ABCs to myself while I was pulling my bow up, pulling my arrow back, getting to my anchor. And he was like, if you haven't gotten to M yet, you better not shoot that arrow. <laughs> I need you to get to M or else you are doing something wrong. That's right. I just started, so kind of, I just started I singing. singing the alphabet in my head. Yeah, I know, right? Kind of, <laughs> yeah. As you're doing the alphabet, pull your you know, bow up, bring your arrow back, get into position, take a deep breath. How many yeah, arrows do you me, shoot? Like, okay, what letter are you at? Do yeah. not shoot. And how many so, arrows is it that you shoot during a round or during a, a set? So it's, uh, it's 12 ends of six arrows. Six arrows. Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. So that's 72 total. And how much time do you have for those rounds? It's five minutes. I let those things off quick, too. It's been a while. I think it's five minutes. Someone's going to be screaming at me if I don't if I get this wrong. <laughs> it's one of those things you get up to the line, and I'm not looking at the clock because I don't just, that'll make me nervous. Yeah. I kind of, I you kind of have that sense of how much time you have when you get up there. Six minutes. So are you shooting with a whole bunch of other people at the at yeah. the same time? Or like, are um, you all lined up and like you're all firing all off at up. the same time? Um, there's four people on the target. So you've got your like 18, 24 inches, whatever it is that's assigned to you. Um, so you've got two people on each target shooting at the same time. And then you've got an AB and a CD line that flips back and forth. So and then oh. depending on how big the tournament is, is how many people, of course, but. Yeah, that's some pressure. It feels, it feels oh. crowded. Like if the person next to you hits a bullseye, you're, you're like, like, oh, man, no, I got to. You ever try and, like, cough when they shoot? I was like, just going to say that. <laughs> 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 and that's why there's judges. The you'll, you'll hear stories. I, mean, I, folks, I got the like, flu. I don't know yeah. what you want. Allergies. <laughs> and really, you, you've got to be able to handle it. They're like, if someone coughs, like, you got to man up and shoot your shot. Like, I don't care what someone does next to me. Like, my shot's not going to get affected. Like, you have to have that attitude, like. Because stuff happens. People's bows explode. You know, I've had that. We had that happen in Texas one time. Someone, their limb like cracked in half, and it wow. was the worst noise you've ever heard. Oh, yeah, but bet. it happened while people were shooting, 
and those people that were shooting, your arrows don't get called back because a loud noise happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you got to deal with that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good to practice with people around you making stupid, annoying noises. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> Hey guys, Dave from the Bowhunter Planet Podcast. We're looking for cool hunting stories from you. We want to hear your stories. If you have a cool story and you want to submit it for a chance to be featured on the podcast, send us an email at team at bowhunterplanet.com with your story. There's a good chance you could be invited onto the podcast. Hey, enjoying the hunt. You're listening to the Bowhunter Planet Podcast, powered by Vanguard Outdoors. Let nature surround you and be a part of this amazing heritage of bow hunting. Now, on to the show. Hey, thanks for listening to Bow Hunter Planet. We appreciate it. I'll catch you guys later. So we we always like to here at Bow Hunter Planet um, focus a little bit on on the kids as well, and I guess my, mm-hmm. my question in regards to that is is first of all how how young would you would you say somebody should get into um, like target shooting and that kind of thing, and also what's the best way for somebody to get started? Okay, I say because I I haven't been around kids much, but my little girl is going to be four in a few weeks. And we've had some little, like, toy bows for her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a year ago, when she was three, she understood the concept of put the arrow on the string, pull the string back, and this magic toy makes this thing go far away. <laughs> you know, and she could get it. And I think sometime very soon, like, when she's four or five, we can get her a legitimate, like, probably kid's little compound bow. And, you know, take her to a, a safe range. And she, you know, she can handle it. You just, you know, you can tell she'll be able to handle it. And of course, you know, adult there to make sure she doesn't try and kill somebody. (laughs) But, you know, I really think like if you've got a kid who's into it, four or five, like they can handle it. It's for, you know, especially a toy bow, toy or a youth, some kind of safe youth bow. You know, don't hand them a broadhead and a compound, but, you know, some kind of safe, safe, (laughs) safe combination. They can handle it physically and figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And I think... Um, for getting kids into like the competition, you know, I haven't been a part of it, but I know 4-H does really good stuff around here, at least in our area with archery competitions. Um, some of the non-USA archery competition I've been to around here, like for NFAA stuff, you know, the, the 4-H kids show up, um, and they're, you know, they've got a really good little squad down here. So they've got some good stuff happening, and I, I think I'm too old to kind of get into that. <laughs> but USA Archery has got some good clubs across the whole country. Um, we've got one in New Orleans. Uh, and usually the USA Archery clubs, what's really good about them, and I'm sure other other groups probably have something similar, they've got this pin system. And kids really like collecting things and leveling up. And they've got this great pin system where you've got your little ribbon, and for each uh, division, like indoor recurve, outdoor compounds, you know, every anything you, that you're shooting, depending on, uh, you know, what score you've achieved. Like, did you shoot this well? And some of these scores are really low because, you know, you got real beginners. You get a little pin for, you know, each time you hit a hit a mark, uh, like a level score. It's kind of like, like Boy Scouts shoot... or Girl Scouts. When yeah, you get yeah, yeah it's really cool. Like a 100 yeah. out of 300. Yeah. Something to look yeah. forward to. You get to. a pin. 
Yeah. Did you shoot like 150 out of 300? Yeah. You got another pin. And, you know, the kids love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get so excited about these pins. It's kind of like every national ones. park you go to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a coin. <laughs> so excited. But I, I think it's a really great system, and I'm sure other groups have something similar. But the kids work so hard on these pins. And it's a really good way to keep them involved in it, keep them excited. You know, a lot of these, their kids, kids aren't going to travel around to different tournaments like adults for the most part. You know, yeah, they're they're not going to go out and try and get trophies. But these little ribbons are are you know fabulous to keep them into the sport, keep them excited about the sports. You know, they're not going to go place number one right now, but they got their they got their blue pin, and you know they're thrilled. That's I think good it's idea. a really nice little stuff like system to keep them into it, and something to work for. Yeah. Very good. Well, Allie, we, we really appreciate you having, you know, coming on the podcast of and joining course. us. We've had a ton of fun. Well, um, thanks, guys. For everybody out there that has not liked your Instagram page, shame on you. For you need shame. to go do that. Baked fish. You can't forget baked. And, and, and again, it's ice cream. Yeah. Don't, it's all about ice yeah, cream, don't, guys. Don't get, don't get in weird directions on that one. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, but but thank you again so much. It's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to, to see, you know, how your year progresses and how you pro- progress with everything. We'll mm-hmm. be watching you and hopefully we can have you back on soon. So thanks for joining us. Of course. Us. And thank you so much, guys. It's been a blast. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>